I don't know if you're gonna see this voice memo, but I thought I was happy. Are, are you happy? I'm not happy at all. The question is, are you happy? I'm the happiest I've ever are been right now. P.S. Be the person who you'd want to meet, because somebody needs you. Welcome to Are You Happy? The Happy Hour. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Are You Happy podcast. Hopefully, you've had an amazing week and you are ready for an excellent show. Boy, have we we got a good one for you today. Today, we have a very interesting person who came to us off of Instagram via our DMs. He sent an amazing message, and so we are here to chat with him today. Mr. Jochen Wartman, such a pleasure to meet you, sir. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing, I'm doing splendid. You know, I'm tuning in right out of Jamaica here, you know, doing this interview with you guys. And I feel as always amazing, you know, so I'm trying to spread that amazingness across the, across the, across the world, you know? Yes, definitely. And and that's amazing because typically we think of Jamaica as a destination. We never think of it as a home and what it's like for people that actually live there. So that's blowing my mind right now that you get to wake up every day in Jamaica and after all of the things that you have been through, which we will deep dive into in a second, I just think it's amazing for you to be in that location. So we're rooting for you from the States. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So the first question I have for you, sir, is are you happy? I am happy. I've never been happier in my life. And like a lot of it, a lot of it comes from Jamaica and also just maybe my me having like a spiritual awakening and being in touch with my spiritual side. And like, I've just never felt happier with what I'm doing and where I'm at. And, you know, I'm thankful every day when I wake up for everything that has happened in my life. So, yes, I'm purely happy right now. And what does a spiritual awakening feel like? Uh, awkward at first, I guess, because, you know, you don't really, I, I wasn't really into religion or into anything at all. And now I like, I know that, you know, energy is real and bad energy and negative energy. And you start learning more and you start focusing more and you start seeing, seeing it through people. When you meet people, you kind of like, no, like, all right, this guy's kind of like mm, maybe a shady figure. Maybe I should know. And it's, it's really strange to say that. But now that I'm like in tune with myself, I can, I can clearly say that's how it feels. Like you're, you're awake, you're awakened to more like everything around you and how the world kind of works, you know? Mm -hmm. So sensitive to all kinds of energies and experiences and just on a huge ride, so to speak. Does that sound about right? Correct. Correct. Yeah, correct. And so along your new path, what kind of things have you come across as far as new energies and new experiences that you may not have before? Well, when I, I mean, we'll go, I know we're going into detail with it, but when, you know, when that accident happened in my life, I kind of like had like a fast forward motion of like many, many memories in my life that kind of like transpired, like me, me being a baby, me being a teen. So now I kind of like, after that, I've kind of set my mind of kind of like, you know, I kind of got like a second chance of life right now. Not kind of, but I did. So I feel like I should, you know, just live and show the world, show people the world, show people that sometimes places aren't what they meant out to be. You know, Jamaica, sometimes you look it up, travel to Jamaica is dangerous and travel to this place is dangerous. It's really not like that because people don't show you that side. So I'm trying to show you that side. Maybe, maybe that, hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. And, and fair enough, we will definitely deep dive here in a bit. So Hmm. in addition to, are you happy? Another thing that we like to ask is what, what's the reason for your happiness? I know some of it you kind of answered right now, but are there other things or other people, anything like that? Is there, is there any other source of happiness for you right now that you haven't yet named? 
I would say, you know, constantly practicing meditation and I was never into like meditation, stuff like that. Self-care, really, like, you know, like being thankful for yourself, waking up in the morning, being like, you know, I'm blessed to be healthy. I'm blessed to do this. And, you know, that type of thing, you know, that it, it really just it helps you stay in that mindset as well, because you'll have those low points. And like even when I have a low point, I'll put on like a song like Imagine Believer by Imagine Dragons and I'll just listen to that. And, you know, that just pumps me up to do whatever, you know, you got to kind of like push yourself out of those negative spots even though sometimes it's kind of hard but once you get used to it you can kind of like bypass the negativity you know and i think that's the most powerful thing you can do nowadays so do you think that music is a form of meditation in itself oh for sure for sure yes and how in addition to pumping you up in the morning uh what other moments in your life can you recall using music to kind of soothe or help boost driving you know here i do i do i have a tour company here in jamaica so i do a lot of driving and stuff like that so you know when you're by yourself you know you want to put something that keeps you keeps you mellow keeps you joyful because you know sometimes you might have to drive three hours and i may not be you know i might be happy but if it's something that keeps you uplifted and keep you going or like you said meditation mainly like meditation tracks like you know humming and like i'm not humming chanting and stuff like that is mainly what i listen to when i meditate but that puts you in that meditative zen state helps you more get into that zen state from what i noticed for those that may not be familiar with with chanting or or music like that uh are there particular types of chants or uh particular artists that you listen to um, no, not really. I tend to just go on YouTube and type in like, you know, 24 hours chance, like for going to sleep or something like that, because or even after listen to affirmations at night, you know, that's another thing that keeps me happy as well. You know, you just because it's it's complex. We don't we don't get taught these things. But, you know, like your subconscious mind, the first seven years of your life, that's when you learn how to that's why you're that's how your body, your, your shape, your body, your life takes form. So at night when you're an adult and you listen to these affirmations, you can actually change your conscious mind. And it's crazy. So, you know, once you get it, once you get in touch with that and you realize that you can do that, you start listening to things and things like that at night as well. Mm-hmm. Affirmations and chants and just anything that really is meant to help you soothe and meditate and just relax because that's what we all need to do at points. Heck yes. We definitely need to relax. <laughs> uh, I'm yeah. sure that so many of us, I, I myself, I will never not point that out on myself. I know that's double negative, but um, yeah, relaxation is important, especially if you live a high stress lifestyle, if you work in production or if you work in video or anything, you know, media like adjacent, mm-hmm. you, you're stressed out all the time. So yes, I, I definitely agree that stress relief and, and taking time to meditate and just like do nothing and be still is so important. It sounds like you're feeding your soul at night because you're listening to meditations and, and hearing those chants. And then during the day, it seems like you're, you know, almost as if, and I don't want to sound cliche, but almost as if like you have like a third eye that's open because you're able to experience all these new things. Would you say that's a, you know, about right or what would you say? No, that's, that's, that's true. And like I said, Jamaica is a, I'm thankful that I found Jamaica because here is a very, very spiritual here in a sense too. So when you talk to like Rastas and stuff like that about, you know, your third eye, your chakras and stuff like that, they fully understand it. And I mean, I have random people that come up to me here and they're like, I love your energy. And I'm like, wow, like, you know, it's like, that's the energy I'm trying to put out. And these people are feeling that. So it's a great feeling. And that of course also just keeps me going. It just inspires me just thrives me you know keeps me, keeps me energized so to say yeah yeah definitely because i i hear that word a lot and and typically it's it's international right so um whether it's people that we're interviewing uh on the docuseries that you watch the videos from and you see uh, interviews from other parts of the world you hear the word energy people talking mm-hmm. about the energy it's it's something that's talked about everywhere and you hear it and you can hear it in their voice that there's something mm-hmm. behind energy so that is very interesting 
the other question that we like to ask is that if you could share a message with the world, what would that message be? Very simple. If you have a dream, if you have a crazy idea, no matter how crazy it is, no matter how many people are going to tell you to like not go with it or, you know, don't even don't don't go for it. Other people are doing it. Just I don't want to say shut them up, but, you know, just silence them and, you know, keep if you see it, I see it like this. If you see it in your mind, if you see that dream in your mind at night, it's going to happen one day. So you just have to keep believing it, keep working on it. And then, boom, it just happens. And, you're, and then you sit there and you're like, wow, is this magic? You know, mm. that's that's what I would have to say. That's very good advice. Very good. I would love to play this clip for everyone uh, from when you first messaged us here not too long ago and inquired about the show. So I am going to play that. Okay. All right. Do I have your permission? You have my permission. (laughs) (laughs) We always ask permission first in all that we do, whether it's docuseries, podcasts, everything. We respect all human life. (laughs) Oh, no worries. (laughs) No, you have my permission. 100%. (laughs) All right. Here we go. Rolling through TikTok this morning, and I saw that post that you had created with that with that old man um, talking about how he had a very bad accident and had a very bad accident as well. And you know, I'm it's about four years later now, and I'm still dealing with memory issues and stuff. But I would gladly share the story with you. Um, I have it documented on YouTube as well. I have my brain scan on YouTube. Um, because everyone close to me never really understood how severe the accident was. So I took it to social media in my creative ways to post my story online. And I mean, since then, I've now traveled all over the, not all over the place, but I've traveled a lot, a lot a lot more than I've ever have in my life. And I currently live and reside in Jamaica. And I currently have a 420 friendly tour company here in Jamaica because cannabis also has become a huge um, changing factor in my life. I won't lie. When I heard that, I was like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. A lot of emotions there, a lot to unpack. So, of course, the first question on everyone's mind is what happened, (laughs) right? Um, So feel free to start wherever you like, discuss it however you like, you know, I don't know. All right. Well, I mean, I I see it now. Like I said, now I kind of see everything that happened for a reason. Everything does happen for a reason, number one. I mean, the worst situations in my life have happened for a reason. This was one of them. So I was I was working and living in Amsterdam. You know, that's kind of like everyone's dream or everyone hears about Amsterdam. So, you know, I was working at Booking.com. And uh, Amsterdam, if you don't know, is like the bike capital of the world. So generally people just use a bicycle to go from work, to go shopping, whatever. You don't really see people with cars. So, you know, normally bicycle cycling there is safe. And it was safe for me for the longest time. But one day after coming home from work, I was cycling home. Streets were kind of uh, kind of wet. And the front tire got stuck in some tram tracks. And I all I remember still to this day is the front tire got stuck. And like, you know, people think oh, you should have jumped off. No, you don't. You, I don't know. You don't have those reflexes or something. Because I, I woke up five minutes later, 10 minutes later on the ground. And like, you know, I was like, oh, you know, but apparently I was unconscious for a few minutes. But. Little did I know that I was actually severely injured. I was fine. You know, that the I woke up and the adrenaline was like, all right, I can push my bike home. My bike was all bent the wrong way and stuff. And I'm just like pushing my bike home. Everyone's staring at me on the bus. Everyone's staring at me in taxis. And I'm thinking, I'm like, what's going on? And then I come home and then my, my girlfriend at the time was like, uh, yeah, we need to. She didn't really tell me we have to go to the hospital. She just kind of indirectly said, you know, get your jacket. And we went to the hospital. And that's where they found out I had six brain hemorrhages and yeah, blood in my brain. So the doctor was like, you're lucky to be alive. And I was like, man, wow, that's just, I couldn't even process it. You know, I was thinking I wasn't, wasn't going to be able to walk, walk anymore because they put me in a wheelchair as a safety precaution. So I was just terrified at first. But yeah, that was, that's, that's, that's what happened. So that's, that's where everything kind of took a turn for the worse, you know? 
And when exactly did you have that particular moment where all of your, you know, life basically flashed before your eyes? When did that happen? I'm assuming that happened right when I fell on the grounds. Like I said, I only really remember the bike kind of going in the air or flipping up and that's it. I don't remember anything else, but I do remember those mem- memories. Like it was like memories of me being a baby, like me being a teenager, things that are just, they were in my head, but I just never really, they weren't, you know, I wasn't thinking of them like on a normal basis. So they just kind of like popped up and flushed up. And I just, yeah, I, I found it just like, it, it, they kind of like what they, sh- what they show in movies where it kind of like flashes in front of you. The same thing. I was like, wow, you know, I guess movies really aren't lying, you know? So that kind of blew my mind too. <laughs> And do you still remember like the sequence of, of uh, images that you saw? Do you remember everything? No, not often. No, that's, that's it's it's been it's been a, like I said. That's the one thing I still deal with now is memory. Even like sometimes I'll change my password on my Google account or my my phone, and like two minutes later I'll forget it again, and then I have to change it again and forget it again. And I'm like, man, you know, it's something I still deal with. It's like memory, short term memory is really sometimes really bad. So mm-hmm. depending on how much I'm working and how much I'm doing, you know, actively, if I'm just sitting at home, it's not bad. But if I'm consistently working and driving and doing stuff and posting content, then sometimes I'll forget like certain things, you know, so. Yeah. And that's understandable. I don't think anyone's going to fault you for, you know, for that. I have to ask this really odd question. And I don't know if you've ever been asked this before, but when you, um, when, when it did happen, did you feel on like physically, did you feel an impact or no? Oh, I felt something in my head. Yeah, I definitely felt that. And then afterwards, when I was on the, when I was walking home, I kept kind of like touching my head, but I didn't realize that the left side of my head was just swollen. I just thought it was kind of like, ah, you know, just put a Band-Aid on it. That's what I was thinking. I didn't see that huge bulb. You see it in the video. I don't have the, the video on me right now, but you see it in the actual video. Like I took a picture, like there's just a huge mass on that left side of my head and there was just dried blood all over my face. I mean, it was terrifying. Like it would have scared me if I would have seen somebody like that, man. <laughs> At the time when you were going home, your adrenaline was up and probably different things in your body that are just amped up because they're they're trying to understand what just happened. Yeah, well, it was mainly not even it's only once we got to the hospital because there was like a little kid with his mom that was waiting to see the doctor. And I remember like his his sister came out of the bathroom and like looked at me and gave like almost made like a scary face like she was terrified of me and like went to her mom was like, mommy. And that's when I told her, I told my girlfriend at the time, I was like, you know, take a picture of me because I, I need to really see what's going on. And then I saw it and I was like, oh, geez, I wonder, no wonder this kid's running to their mom, you know? So, yeah, that's that's when it really took realization. Like I said, and then when they put me in the wheelchair and they pushed me into this room and put me in that little like brain scan machine where you have to lay down. I was I was like, this is just this is wild. This is like, what is going on? Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And had you had you ever had anything that severe happen before? Like, have you been in an ER or in a, a MRI machine or anything like that? Mm, I've had an accident like that when I was a kid, like a brain brain injury when I was a very like an infant. I fell down a set of stairs, but I don't remember exactly if I went through a machine or anything like that. I know I went to the hospital, of course, but I don't remember the details from back then. But other than that, no, I never had any surgery or never been to a hospital for anything. I've kind of been on my knees, arms and legs and, you know, not really getting damaged over, over the years, you know, mm-hmm. when you were there in the hospital, you know, they checked you out and then they told you what was going on. Uh, walk us through that from there, however you like. So they start, the first thing they started doing is like, they started and they told me, you know, you, the doctor came in, he's like, yeah, you have six brain hemorrhages. And then they had to do all these like, you know, like tests to kind of like see how my, how my skills, I think how my, my eyes are moving or, you know, t- asking me where I'm living, what time it is, what, where, where, you know, where, what city I live in, what time it is, what day of the week it is, stuff like that. They were just testing things like that. 
And I remember the one thing I couldn't get right was my home address, which I knew memorized because I lived there for about two years, though. So I knew my address, but I just couldn't think of my address back then. So they you know, wrote all these notes down and stuff and didn't really tell me anything about it. And then, you know, he said, well, you're going to have to start seeing like a, tomorrow, go to another doctor. You start doing physical therapy and uh, like cognitive therapy. So I had to like see all those doctors the next day and, you know, get to know them. Of course, the physical therapy really didn't last as long because I wasn't really, thankfully, you know, nothing physically stopped, prevented me from like, you know, moving my legs and arms. I was still able to do everything, just my in my head. You know, I couldn't go outside during the sun time. When the sun was out, I couldn't go outside when there's music. I couldn't take public transportation like buses or trams because they had fluorescent lights. So as soon as I saw fluorescent lights, I would get an instant head headaches so i was kind of like a vampire for the first seven or eight months like i just had to stay inside until it was like dark like this for me to go outside you know so that was kind of traumatizing for me too because i like being outside i like doing stuff i'm a social person i can't just be inside all day you know so so what did that feel like having to completely do a 180 on your lifestyle and just be this night night person how how did that feel for you it was rough it was it was rough and i mean you know, after I posted that accident story onto like YouTube and stuff, I, I was back then already creating content about Amsterdam, showing people like different aspects of Amsterdam. There's many, many people when they think of Amsterdam, they think of just cannabis and red light districts. But there, again, there's so much more. So I was doing that stuff, too. And, you know, eventually what happened is my subscribers were telling me, like, why don't you just go outside and do like a live stream? And I started like showing people walking around Amsterdam at night. And that started getting more and more traction too, because again, I was being real, like how I'm talking to you, that's how I am. Like I walk around and I show people, all right, let's go eat a space cake on live stream, you know, stuff like that. And people are just laughing, having a good time from all over the world. And I realized I was doing something, even though it, I, I couldn't understand how I was making people happy and how everything was working. But I felt like my purpose was slowly getting to me, you know. Mm -hmm. So all of these people all over the world kept you company. Do you think that maybe they helped you kind of get through that? Oh, for sure. I'm always thankful for like, I mean, the, the, I made a video after my accident story, after I shared that with my brain scan in it, all the comments I got, I basically took screenshots of them. And I made another video where I talk about my depression and how YouTube and social media in general has helped me with my depression. And I took all the comments and they flash into the video, like they come into the video one by one. And you see like all these comments, like, you know, my child had a brain injury similar to this and we never understood how he feels and now we know how he feels like comments like that and i was like wow like i'm really doing this like i'm actually making people like feel like how like having see understand how it feels like to have what i'm dealing with you know yeah and it was it was remarkable to see that happening you know yes yeah and it's so remarkable to see those comments and to get the ones where you can visibly see that you made an impact on someone else's life who you never would have ever met so mm -hmm, that's, mm -hmm. that's just remarkable. The mm. depression that you had, was that during like the incident time or is it something that you had forever? Well, that was mainly because I did serve six years in the U S army as well. So I did, I did a combat tour in Iraq and stuff like that. So when after an injury like that, how the way the doctor describes to me, it's, it's kind of like your brain kind of rewires itself. So like a lot of things like my anxiety and my PTSD were just heightened and like, that caused me to kind of like slip into more like a depressive stages. I would do or say things that I didn't mean to do almost like in like a third person. Like when you're playing a video game and like you're behind that person and he like hits someone and you can't stop. Not that I would hit anybody, but you know, interactions like that or say something or do something. And then like two minutes later, I'm like, Oh, why did I just say that? But I, you know, now I have to apologize, you know? So that was, that was the roughest part. And that kind of like dug me into a depression too, because I did a lot of things and said a lot of things that, probably hurts some people not didn't really mean to do that but 
they didn't really understand how severe I was actually struggling, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. PTSD is another thing that's very difficult to put into words, especially for those who have suffered from it, those who are affected by it, families, loved ones, spouses and such. Yeah, that is very interesting to hear that there are things that you said, things that you did that you didn't mean to do. Um, you know, but they happened anyway, just for the sake of timeline, the military experience, this was before the incident. Is that right? Oh yeah. I got out, I got out in 2013. I didn't move to Amsterdam until about 2015, 2016. So that was way, way before that. So that was, mm-hmm. you know, I was just, I was doing satellite communication in the army. And then, you know, eventually that's how I got into the corporate world, worked for Cisco, worked for Hewlett Packard, and eventually worked for booking in Amsterdam. So, you know, I've been around the block with that type of stuff too, you know, so, but now where I've landed is definitely, definitely where I need to be, you know, so hundred percent. So Yeah. It definitely sounds like a, a very long path for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Is there anything that you carry, I guess, like a, a summation of your experience of, of having gone from the military into your IT work? I feel like the army wasn't a bad thing. Like I only was in for six years and afterwards I just didn't feel like the army was for me, but the army did kind of shape me into who I am with like dealing with a lot of tasks at once too, because like, you know, when you step in, I hate saying the civilian world, but when you step into like the civilian sector and like, you see these people like struggling, like for example, calls are coming in and they're like freaking out. And I'm like, you know, why don't we talk to these people like people, like especially at booking, people are calling about, you know, their hotels being messed up, their beds or whatever, just deal with them like a person. And I remember my boss was still telling me, he was like, Oh, you have to say the customer's name six times. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And they kept telling me, Oh, you got to do that. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. As soon as start as I start as, as soon as I started not doing that, the customer satisfaction started going up and they're like, well, you know what? You just did something different. And now the customer customers are more happy. I'm like, yeah, I'm treating people like humans. When I call customer support, I don't want to be treated with like a robot. I want to be treated like a human. And I think that's what helped me grasp that. And the army kind of like dealt, taught me how to just deal with a lot of stuff at once. So I never really got frustrated. I was just like, you know, we got to do this task, do this task, do this task, dot, 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 dot. And that's what kind of helped me become better in the civilian sector. So treating people, sense. yeah, it totally does. It definitely does. Um, sorry, treating people like people. What a novel concept, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> it's definitely not, but for some it is, I guess. And yeah. so you're in Amsterdam, you're doing? Booking.com. Oh, booking.com. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. So you're doing that. What what makes you burn, I guess, like travel-wise? Like when, when you say that you traveled uh, all over the place, is it primarily because of work or was it something that you truly just had an interest in doing? It was, man, that's, that's a <laughs> – it started with – because I, like I said, I was doing videos for just about Amsterdam, showing people Amsterdam. And eventually this, I met this guy and he wanted me to do, to do a video for him in a coffee shop, which is a smoke shop in Amsterdam. So I did that video for him. And I did such a great job for him that he was like, hey, I have this CBD festival up in Buffalo, New York. You want to come be my videographer? So I was like, <laughs> why not? So, you know, I wasn't working for booking at the, at the time because I wasn't able to work. I was still, in a sense, on like sick leave, but my sick leave was about to be over anyway. So I was like, you know, instead of trying to look for a new job, let's just go with this guy to the States for a month and see what happens. So I went to the Buffalo, New York, did all that. And then, well, eventually I decided to stay there longer. I lived on a hemp farm in Syracuse, learned all about the endocannabinoid system. The woman that I stayed with, Sarah Stenoff, she got off 17 pharmaceutical drugs. And, you know, when she told me that story, that's what kind of transpired, not transpired, but motivated me to kind of like look at my pills, my antidepressants that I had only like a month's supply because I was only supposed to be there for a month. And I was running out and I was like, well, I'm not going to go back to Europe right now because I'm, you know, enjoying my time 
feel like the universe is guiding me here right now. So I started dwindling off my antidepressants on that hemp farm because she her her story motivated me. And, you know, from that point, it just started like people just started coming up and saying, like, hey, you know, my brother came and came from Florida, picked me up. I lived in Florida for a little bit down in Jacksonville. And then a month and a half later, the guy that was also at the CBD festival in Buffalo, New York, his name's Uncle Stoner. He hits me up and he goes, hey, Jay, you want to come to Jamaica and be my videographer? And I was like, I can't I can't make this stuff up anymore. And back then I had like seventeen dollars to my name. And this old basically this old stoner guy hits me up and says, hey, I'm going to fly you to Jamaica to be my, be my video guy. And I was like, all right, let's do this. So <laughs> then I came to Jamaica with 17 U.S. dollars and. You know, he took care of me and everything like that. But I got to know Jamaica. I got to get a feeling for Jamaica and like spreaded my roots and spreaded my knowledge and just started to meet everybody. And then that's what kind of set the groundwork for everything that I'm doing today. So it's really crazy how just one thing led to another. Then I met this person and then soon he's like, you know what, come to Jamaica. And I'm like, who gets to fly to Jamaica for 30 days to do video work? That's that's insane. You know, that's if you don't believe in God or believe that the universe is you know, working their magic, then that's proof right there, you know? <laughs> so yeah. that's how I got to Jamaica the first time. Yeah. It sounds like you have quite literally just like let the universe take you by the hand and lead you to all of these places. Uh, is that the case or did you weigh the options, make a pro con list or were you just like quite literally saying, you know, and I don't know, I, I don't want to say it Jesus, was take the wheel, but it, you know, like, no, it was, what that's, did you do? that's what it was. It was, it was like, take the wheel because even after that month, when I came back from Jamaica, you know, instead of just going back to Jacksonville and really not doing anything, I decided that one of my buddies that I haven't seen in the military for about nine years, he lived up in Arizona. So I was like, you know what? I'm from Europe. I've never taken a bus in the United States. Why not show people how bus life is in the United States? So I took a bus from Florida to Arizona, 51 hours. I sat on a bus just to do it, just to have the experience. Mm-hmm. Met up with my friend in Arizona, you know, stayed there for a few months, went to Vegas after that. Another friend was like, hey, come to Vegas. And I'm thinking, I'm like, I don't even know what's going on anymore. People are just being too nice to me. Mm-hmm. Like I went to Vegas, not just to go to Vegas, but I went to the 10X Growth Con, which is held by like Grant Cardone. He's like a billionaire. So I'm going there seeing like Kevin Hart on stage, Dana White on stage, you know, giving us like motivational advice of being an entrepreneur. And I'm like, this is just insane. Like this is just at points I was I was literally crying because like, this is just like crying happiness because I was like, this is just wild, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do know. Actually, I just went to a creative conference in Los Angeles and I was like, wow, a year ago I was watching this thing online and now I'm right here and I see Kevin Hart right in front of me 200 feet away. And then uh, a director of a really famous movie that won an Academy Award. And I stayed in a hotel that hosted the Academy Awards in the 40s. And it was just all of it was insane. It's insane. Mm, Goodness. But, you know, like you said, you just you just let things happen and you and you just let the universe lead. And, And if you are open to it, then so many amazing things happen if you just let it let it go and let it happen. And, and risks, risks are part of it. You know, sometimes you'll have so many doubters and haters and even with what I'm doing now. I mean, after I came back here to Jamaica the third or fourth time, I when another well, my partner now, my business partner, he saw my YouTube videos. This is before this business was created. He saw my YouTube videos of me scoring Jamaica and doing all this crazy stuff in Jamaica. And he's 100 percent disabled. He's a veteran just like me. But he was always living in his basement. But he was so in like amazed by my videos that he flew him and his wife flew over here and I was still living at a resort that I was working for and I was doing social media for a resort here in Jamaica and I was living there for the time being 
and they came to visit me. And, you know, he's like, oh, I want to see Meow Meow. So I have like this 45 year old man with his camera, like recording me that he's happy to see Meow Meow. And like me and him bonded at that moment because he fell in love with Jamaica. And now we have this company where we took the U.S. Army logo and we took the U.S. Army out and put a ganja leaf and put Canavet. And now we drive around with a Beamer, with a BMW X5 and a pimped out van in Jamaica. I, 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 I can't make it up. I can't make it up. Seriously, it's, it's, your life is like this amazing fictional short story, but it's real. And, and it's, it's unfolding. Awesome. And the crazy thing is, like when people like I'll show where I'm actually outside right now, you can see the van right here. Like here's the here's the actual like logo and all like. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's there. It's real. You know, mm-hmm. it's not. It, it's there. You know, it's it's a, a reality. A dream has become a reality. You know, so it's it's again what I said in the beginning, even the most craziest things you just got to especially if it's coming from up there. If you feel it from it's coming from up there or from inside, pursue that, pursue that, because you don't know where it's going to lead you. It might just lead you somewhere you've never been like Jamaica. I mean, I would have never thought I'd be living in Jamaica, but. I am now, so. (laughs) Yes. And before we get to Meow Meow, there's something to be said about failures and about, uh, you know, standstills. And and sometimes when you're on the path to, you know, your ultimate joy, your ultimate destination, as far as your aspirations are concerned. So for you, were there frequent times where everything just went wrong and things failed and you weren't quite sure of what was going to happen? Of course, like when I went to Arizona, even like before I went to Vegas, you know, there was months where I was up there and I was like literally thinking, I was like, am I really doing the right thing here? I'm in the middle of like I was in Sierra Vista, which is a small town in Arizona. I was like, what am I doing? So I would go outside and I would like look at the moon and just like start meditating, looking up and just, you know, asking the universe a little bit, give me a sign, give me something. And then eventually I would have a dream or I'd have an idea and I'd go with that. And I would just let that guide it. Like I literally have put my trust 100 percent. In whomever you want to believe, if it's God, if it's the universe, whatever you believe, there's something up there that that helps us, you know, that can help us. But you mm-hmm. have to also put the put your trust into it. And, you know, it's not going to happen overnight sometimes either. you got to have faith in it, too. Yeah, I think that's kind of like a hallmark for, for us. Um, or I guess like a typical trait is to not be able to let go. You know, we want to have mm. control of everything. Well, some of us. <laughs> Uh, but for the most part, you know, we want control of, of our lives and, and how things go. And so sometimes giving up that control is really hard for some people. And sometimes when we don't do that, then we kind of limit ourselves on possibilities of what could happen if because we are trying to, like, you know, control the narrative all the time. Of course. Yeah, I mean, that's what we're taught to, you know, control. I mean, the, the norms and stuff like that. I hate bringing all the matrix stuff up. But, you know, people were not taught in school how to, like, become happy and how to, like, kind of, like, live by your dreams but in reality we all can live by our own dreams we just have to focus on it and really just never give up and never give up that dream you know it great doesn't matter how crazy it is doesn't matter it doesn't matter look at some of these people on youtube and tiktok I mean, you see all sorts of craziness. So very it works. True. It does work. That's very true. I mean, there are people who do amazing things like you. You're in Jamaica. You're living your dream. You're going through life and having these amazing opportunities unfold. And instead of saying, well, you know, that's not normal. I shouldn't do that. You're just doing it and you're going with it. And then you're building off of that. So having that momentum and just believing that everything's going to work out as long as you, you know, go forth instead of standing still then that's Mm -hmm. proved to be well for you. So uh, I would definitely encourage our listeners and anyone else that happens to come across this interview uh, to do, as you said, and just to do and to experience and to go after what it is that you want to go after. Because if not, then you're just 
standing still. And, and I, I don't know that, um, I don't know that I could do that. I couldn't stand still. I, I have to, I have to continuously move yeah. and, and be creative and do other things because I've done the nine to five, you know, I've done the jobs in an office cubicle and you kind of feel like you're, you're slowly slipping away. Right. So when that happens, it's a, it's a really huge key indicator. And then also when you feel like you don't belong in that particular workplace, usually it's the truth. You don't belong, but that's just because you belong somewhere else doing something else. And if you Mm -hmm. have a creative outlet or if there are other things that you enjoy, then find a way to make it your full-time passion. And that's just what you have to do because there really is no time to, to not enjoy what you do. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Now tell us about Meow Meow. Okay. I love saying I that it. I up. love saying okay. it. <laughs> okay. So Meow Meow, funny story. It actually, you know, I had a cycling accident in Amsterdam. You wouldn't think that I'd be on a bike so soon after, but because of my time in the military, my left leg isn't really the best. So if I do like two miles or three miles of walking, I start limping. So eventually, instead of trying to get to my doctor's appointment with limps and my, you know, limping around, I just got back on a bike as crazy as it sounds and it wasn't easy for me to get back on a bike but got back on a bike and i started doing live streams in amsterdam on a bike i might my gopro on the bike cycle through the red light district and people love to just be in the bike path so instead of just yelling at them i started just making accents doing funny accents making noises eventually saying meow meow just just randomly and it just started picking up started picking up more and more and then people started seeing it more and more like people came to Amsterdam they're like yeah I remember some guy said meow meow on a bike and I was like wow you know that's really getting nuts so then to go along with the story then I went to the states I met all those cannabis people and one of the people I met in Buffalo too his name is Master Bong he lives up in California and he was like you know what you should incorporate that meow meow into your personality on YouTube some more so I listened to that and I started just I went to the Jamaica, I like jumped off a lighthouse and just said, you know, after I jump, but while I'm jumping, I'm like, meow, meow, jumping off this lighthouse. And it just started incorporating it more and more. And then eventually in that town that I was in, in Jamaica, the little children, they started recognizing me always saying meow, meow. So they started calling me meow, meow. So even to this day, I go to this little town in Jamaica, driving the car and you see these kids and adults just come up to me, meow, meow, hey, meow, meow, hey, meow, meow, what's up? And I was like, wow. So that's how Meow Meow was actually formed. And instead of having my old channel name, I decided to just completely rebrand myself and just call it the Meow Meow Show because cops come up to me here saying Meow Meow. People come up to me, adults, Rastas, some guy that used to know Bob Marley comes up to me and says Meow Meow. I mean, it's it's gotten next level with the Meow Meow. So I just stick with it now. So just randomly, I'll just be in traffic instead of like yelling at someone. I'll just be like, you know, Meow Meow, instead of, you know, cussing them out, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like a... Just a different way of dealing with it, but it becomes fun. It becomes funny, you know, so. Yeah. I mean, how can you not say meow meow and not smile or not be amused? There, there's no I way. I mean, even even my, even my, uh, even my card, you probably can't see it right now, but even my bank card here <laughs> has meow meow engraved on it. Like, no lie, because I'm just like, I'm that much dedicated to it. So, you know, it's just, and I love cats. So, you know, that's, that's another thing. I don't have a cat right now, but soon I will have a cat too. Do, again. You, do you see yourself having a meow meow cat merch line in the future? I actually have the design already made where it's, you know, like keep calm and just, and I kind of have the keep calm and just meow meow. I have like the design saved on my computer. I just haven't like put it onto a website yet. I just need to do it and just see what happens. Cause I have a whole thing on TikTok. I have the meow meow movement on TikTok. And I mean, that's what I, that's what it started with me going to Vegas. I had a zombie that came up to us and we're like, Hey, can you say meow meow? And had randomly had this zombie just go meow meow, meow meow brains. And I was like, man, this is just insane. It's all documented. It's all there. That's what makes it so crazy. Every time I want to relive a memory, I'm like, oh, let me go to Vegas. And I watched the video and I'm like, man, 
such an in Vegas and you know I edited all this and I'm thinking I'm like man let's just that's another thing I wanted to actually I didn't mention earlier with the accidents they have this thing called acquired savants like syndrome it's kind of when you have a bad accident or brain injury you sometimes learn a new language and you learn a new skill or people become very artistic and stuff like that I feel like I got something like that because I sure as hell wasn't editing as much as I am now and now like you give me a video and give me some music I'll make you a masterpiece you know it's just like I felt like Creativity with the creativity spark in my head and in my brain was like multiplied after the accident in a good way. So that's mm. something I'd want to throw out there as well. And is the meow meow movement, is that something that you've already shared or or did you mention that? You, you said meow yeah, meow. Yeah, yeah, that's, movement, on, that's so it's that... on TikTok. I mean, I have like two or three TikTok, maybe even four TikTok accounts, but the TikTok account, meow meow movement, is a separate TikTok account, but it, it correlates with everything I do now. Because my YouTube channel is not called the Meow Meow Show. So generally anything I share on there or share on my YouTube channel is shared on both platforms. You know, it's kind of become like a merge merge platform now. So, Mm -hmm. Okay, got it. We will definitely share your links to your YouTube and also to your other accounts in the description of this episode. Is there anything else, anything at all that you have not gone over that you really just want to share with everyone? Oh. No, not really. I mean, like I said, you know, following your dreams, that's the one thing. And, you know, haters and doubters, even they can be someone close to you at points, too. And that's probably that one thing that kind of like was hard for me to swallow was a lot of people close to me didn't believe in YouTube or, you know, doing social media or going to Jamaica for the first time, going to this and that. And, you know, you got to sometimes just sometimes people are they're they're stuck in the old ways, you know, so you kind of got to like show them like here. Well, you know what? I'm doing it now. You know, just don't let them stop you that's that's the other two cents that i do it and the other last thing i'd say is you know with jamaica if whatever you look up on jamaica don't don't believe it because i mean this place is amazing if you want to come somewhere just to relax for a week or two just unwind or just unplug from all the stuff that happens jamaica is a spot and it's not just because you can come here and smoke cannabis no it's just the people the vibes like everywhere you go there's a party or people are people are nice to you nobody's here is going to harm you you know that's the other stereotypical thing you think oh jamaica's violent no it's not it's peaceful i feel happy and safe here than anywhere else that's crazy but that's the truth do you think that you'll retire in jamaica or do you think you'll retire in some other place you've never been oh no this is definitely going to be my home base um i'm you know i'm i love this place too much like i'm like now becoming like in a sense i'm a tour guide here and we have we have reviews on TripAdvisor. people are coming up to us i mean like yeah you've given us an authentic experience and that's what I want to do. There's so much more to explore. I mean, I've once swam, uh, did, did a swing that swings over the jungle. I've taken ATVs up the mountain. I've jumped in holes. I've jumped off a cliffs. I mean, things that you just, you would only think about in like movies. But here it's just like, hey, you want to just go to the Luminous Lagoon? There's only four of them in the world, but it's only 10 minutes away. Like, what? And you just go there and you jump in the water and swim with some fishes. Or the most recent video where I have piece of bread and I'm holding it underwater and all these fishes are eating the bread out of my hands. I mean, I was I was just like, this is insane. This is just, what is this place? It's heaven. It's like paradise. For real. It truly is. It truly, well, I don't know. I've never been, but when I do, I know who I'm calling to show me around for sure. Oh yeah. Just hit it. Like either hit me up directly, Meow Meow Show on Instagram or our Canavet, which is, can I'll put that link down there below too. But yeah, like we're, we're growing big. You, you'll, you'll get to know us soon. Soon the name will be all over the island. The island isn't as big as most people think. So we're going to grow soon. Soon come, as they say here in Jamaica. Soon come. Soon come. Well, it's been amazing spending time with you. Thank you so much for sending us that message. Um, 
you know, this is just another another stop in the universe uh, that, that it had for us to meet and share your message with everyone in the Are You Happy universe. So thanks again. And we wish you nothing but goodness. And we can't wait to see you in Jamaica. All right. Many sending all the blessings and love from Jamaica and meow, meow, everyone. And stay positive, chase your dreams and don't let anyone stop you. hour and are you happy hotline are brought to you by are you happy podcast be sure to follow us on social media such as instagram and subscribe via your favorite podcast platform are you happy the docuseries can also be found on social media such as twitter facebook instagram and tiktok see you guys next time for another wonderful episode of are you happy the happy hour